time. Which friend would you like to call? You want to call Rosie? Okay, this is Fuse Box number 222. Parrot Talk. And you should know talk is cheap. Indeed. Now get the flock out of here. Hello, friends, and uh, welcome in to this, the 222nd edition of Fusebox, flittingly entitled Parrot Talk. And uh, just you wait to hear about that. I'm your flying by the seat of your pants, host Mark Rose, and over there, preening in the amber glow of LEDs, is the eagle-eyed maestro of the meters, Milk Keynes, everybody. Well, thank you kindly. <laughs> hey, but do, do we have enough bird references in that opening? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, with, with uh, actually with good reason, Mr. Keynes. We've got a fascinating story regarding those avians coming up that I think everyone will find uh, captivating at the very least. Yeah, already then. Yes, sir. It, it, now, it doesn't involve AI or anything like that. No, it does. Are you getting a little overloaded on the AI buzz? Well, you know me. I'm just seeing all these postings recently about AI this and AI that. And it just seems like it's just getting a little overhyped for me. Yeah. You think? <laughs> yeah. Well, as fascinating as it is to, uh, to watch develop that stuff, the truth is that uh, we're all acting as the R&D department for this technology, which is fine. I, I don't know. Seems if, uh, if we are being used for this, and as I say, it appears as though we are, that uh, we shouldn't also be billed for that research and development. Billed? Yeah, because many of these engines that folks are fiddling with have a uh, free component but at some point, it switches to a pay-to-play option for, quote, additional features, you know, or just to store more of the results of what you're fiddling with. Yeah, no. Yeah, well, you know, it, that, let's face it, that's the modern economic model, right? Everything is a subscription. You know, everything is sample the product, and uh, once you're mildly hooked on the experience, uh, spend some money. And doing all of that, while doing vast amounts of R&D for the developers. Sounds like a drug dealer. First taste is free. Well, I, let, me, let me share with you a recent story in uh, my industry, the uh, post-production world. You have the floor, or at least a chair. Uh, thank you, sir. Well, I, you know, I mentioned the subscription model, which virtually every software developer, and, and frankly, just about anything else, is uh, endeavoring to do lately. Well... I mean, I kind of get it. It's cash flow, bro. Absolutely. Well, hell, even we and uh, countless other creators do it with our uh, Patreon affiliations. And believe me, it's a wondrous way to uh, keep doing what we all love to do. Yeah. And folks, please check us out over there. Uh, enough said. <laughs> right. 
So what I'm referring to happened just the other day. Now, I'm not going to mention the name of this developer out of respect. Fear of being bulk erased by a thug named Gunter? <laughs> Something like that. No. So, no. so, friends, there are companies who, as I say, they, they uh, strive to find an economic model that allows them to do what they do. And that's simple enough. So one such company introduced this subscription model, but unlike many, many others out there who offer this option to their customers, uh, this company made the unfortunate decision to go entirely subscription-based and no longer support cherry-picking the software you actually needed from them, stating that from here on, they would no longer be offering individual software and that if you had software currently, it was supported for the time being, but will not be updated going forward. So to get updates, you would have to subscribe to uh, receive that support and or bug fixes that happen as a matter of course in this uh, software-dependent world of ours. That's just the way it is. Wait, you mean all the stuff you had paid for outright once and had a permanent license for was now no longer valid? Precisely. Oh, I, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> okay, well, we're not, as I say, going to, to uh, name names here, but here's the deal. The user base was outraged. You think? Yeah, I think villagers storming the castle with torches was... Yeah, just like that. Well, this uh, software the company makes has been used by audio professionals for years and years. And, and, and frankly, at one time, they were certainly the go-to source. But as we know, friends, things change. And uh, they have since become somewhat less popular. So naturally, they were looking for ways to consolidate and continue. So in an unprecedented turnaround, though, just mere hours after this uh, subscription-only announcement, and due completely to the outrage from the user base, they retracted that policy and reinstated the prior ownership model, saying, uh, sorry, we thought you'd all just bite the bullet and play along. Well, and here's another thing, and I don't mind saying this at all, because, well, you won't. <laughs> well... These folks you're referring to were just a little shy of extortionists. Uh, uh, you know? I mean, they would sell their stuff at a pretty low cost, but then every damn year, they hit you up for some upgrade license, which in most cases meant you're buying the same software twice. And hell, I mean, most of the time, the software was never updated at all. I mean, nothing was made better or worked smoother. It was just a pure money grab, and everybody knew it. Well, the, the long and the short of it is that because of this complete turnaround on their policies, it's, uh, well, it's really caused the user base to kind of re-examine their need for this software and to kind of raise a flag about some of the other less-than-delightful practices going on with them. Uh, at this company. All they had to do was offer both options. Yep, that's right. So the smoking crater is there, stinking in the sunlight, as a reminder that uh, 
messing with your user base is a really, really, really bad idea. Well, because as we said, you know, a lot of folks use this model, and it, it really is a great deal for a lot of users. Now, I know you subscribe to a couple of them. Yeah, yeah, I do. And, and those companies that uh, do it with their user base in mind have the right idea. Give us the option to subscribe or not. Now, personally, uh, and, and I will mention these two uh, companies as I use their stuff daily, Slate Digital and uh, Isotope, and most recently, Universal Audio, are uh, stellar examples of how you do it right. Just saying. Just saying. When we return, radioactive road paving for fun and profit. Stay with us. Aren't we? To see how it works, please watch the screen. TheFuseBoxShow.com Welcome back, friends. All right, let's... Reluctantly, let's go down there. To that area down there. To take a look at a news item that has kind of fallen off the mainstream media's radar in favor of covering Ron the Sandslug's book tour and uh, attempt to turn back the clock 150 years for educators, by the way. Here's something else. Uh, There is a battle between environmentalists and a Fortune 500 mining giant that is playing out in uh, Tallahassee, the state's capital, that uh, critics fear could have devastating long-term health consequences. Well, if they're mining for stupid, it should be in abundance there, yeah? (laughs) Well, if only that were so, Mr. Keynes, if only that were so. So, on uh, one side of this entanglement is a company known as Mosaic Inc., a Tampa-based mining and fertilizer company that has pumped hundreds of thousands of dollars into the campaign coffers of uh, Republicans across the state, including Governor Ron the Sandslug. Mosaic also spent $20,000 to entertain, quote, end quote, lawmakers at a gathering last year, spearheaded by one of its key allies in this uh, legislature, Representative Lawrence McClure, who was a Republican from uh, Plant City, who reported uh, just last year that he owned $6,000 worth of Mosaic's stock. Trying to stop all of this is a slew of environmental groups warning of a triple threat. The contamination of Florida's air, water, and soil that could increase the risk of cancer if a measure gaining steam in the legislature wins approval. What's all the noise about, you ask? What's all the noise about? Well, I'm glad you asked, Mr. Gaines. Phosphogypsum. I I have no idea what that is. Well, the mining company Mosaic is uh, backing bills that would allow the use of the mildly radioactive fertilizer, which uh, emits radon gas in road construction. And by backing... We mean throwing dollars at it. Yes, exactly. Now, the thing is, uh, it it is actually being used for that purpose in Canada and uh, across Europe. But it has been completely banned in the U.S. uh, for those very uses by the Environmental Protection Agency. 
Oh, well, what the hell do they know? Yes, exactly. And I think that's what Mosaic is hoping will be uh, the outcome there. Environmentalists who are uh, trying to put the brakes on the legislation say it would contaminate aquifers, pollute the soil, and emit radon gas into the air, harming not only road construction crews, but also drivers and others. At present, (laughs) think about this for a second, about one billion tons of phosphogypsum is stored in 24 gyp stacks. And some of these stacks are 50 stories tall, and they dot skylines across the state, according to the Florida Industrial and Phosphate Research Institute. 30 million tons of the waste are produced each year. The largest is the New Wales gyp stack in Mulberry, which stretches across about 704 acres. Uh, And it's owned by who? Oh, that's right. Mosaic. Well, bigger is more. Right. Well, here's the deal. In 2016, a massive sinkhole opened up at the New Wales stack, and more than 200 million gallons of contaminated water leached into the aquifer. In 2021, 215 million gallons of wastewater were released into Tampa Bay to stop a leak at the Piney Point phosphogypsum stack. Incidents like uh, those have uh, sparked concerns, uh, to say the least, among environmental groups and uh, residents who live near these uh, water reservoirs. So, Representative McClure said at a uh, House Transportation and Modal Subcommittee hearing, quote, the U.S., including Florida, is behind the rest of the world, he said. Now, his district encompasses uh, part of Hillsborough County, where part of Mosaic's Four Corners Mine is located. So, around the world, McClure said, uh, phosphogypsum is, quote, safely used in roads and concrete. Countries throughout South America, Asia, Europe, and Africa permit the reuse of phosphogypsum That, according to the Fertilizer Institute, an industry advocacy group whose members include Mosaic. An advocacy group made up of dung beetles. (laughs) I think even the dung beetles would object to this stuff. In uh, October of 2020, under the Orange Guys administration, the EPA gave the green light to using the waste in road construction, but the agency totally withdrew its approval in uh, 2021 following a lawsuit from environmental groups, including the Center for Biological Diversity. Funny how that works. Yes, and because you knew it was coming, Mosaic spent $20,000 last year on food, drinks, lodging, and entertainment for Conservative Florida, a political committee where McClure is the chairperson, according to state campaign finance figures. So uh, Mosaic and its subsidiaries donated about $742,000 in the last election cycle, mostly to Republican groups, including $100,000 to help elect Republicans in the state House and Senate. 
$75,000 to the state Republican Party, and $75,000 to Ron the Sandslug's re-election campaign. Is this a surprise? I, all right. So uh, Jan Blaise, uh, an environmental advocate and representative from Right to Clean Water, pleaded with lawmakers to request more information on the potential impact of the legislation, noting that phosphogypsum is high in radium-226, a natural radioactive substance with a half-life of 1,600 years. That's right. That means, as she says here, 1,600 years from now, there's still going to be radium in everything you put down on the ground. Tell you what, good news there is that folks living in that area will be so irradiated that the giant manis aliens won't want to eat them. Uh, at least right away. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose suppose there's that. (laughs) You know, friends... We just have to ask, in all phosphorescent frankness... What the fuck, Florida? Jumping from the tracks in your neighborhood. TheFuseBoxShow.com All righty, friends, let's clear all the stinking phosphogymsomatic air with something truly fun and enlightening. Shall we? I'm in. Good. There is some pretty remarkable stuff going on in Glasgow, Scotland, and uh, it all involves parrots. Oh, so they got parrots making single malt scotch now. Interesting. But no. We're informed by uh, folks who know this kind of stuff that there are over 20 million parrots being kept as pets just in the U.S. alone. And if you've ever spent, and I know I have, any time around a parrot or macaw or cockatoo, you know that these critters are actually quite brilliant. And loud. And loud. Yeah, and loud. They just seem to figure stuff out and can even imitate our speech patterns. You know, you don't believe me? Check out some of those random YouTube videos to see what's, uh, what's going on there. But what has also been determined is that uh, oftentimes, uh, quoting from the study here, these parrots are lacking the quality of stimuli to meet their high social, cognitive, and emotional needs. So the researchers decided to try an interesting experiment. Quoting Dr. Elena Hirsky-Douglas of the University of Glasgow and the co-author of the research said, we developed an approach to allow parrots to engage in video calling other parrots. What? What? Calling other parrots? You know, like like calling them in the jungle? Right. (laughs) So, uh, according to the report, it states that Following a pilot experiment and expert survey, we ran a three-month study with 18 pet birds to evaluate the potential value and usability of a parrot-to-parrot video calling system. We assessed the system in terms of perception, agency, engagement, and overall perceived benefits. With 147 bird-triggered calls, our results show that 1. Every bird used the system. Two, most birds exhibited high motivation and intentionality. 
And three, all caretakers reported perceived benefits, some arguably life-transformative, such as learning to forage or even to fly by watching others. We report on individual insights and proposed considerations regarding ethics and the potential of parrot video calling for enrichment. Wow. Wow, indeed. Do you want to talk to her? That little clip there uh, was taken from a video that we'll post on the new news section of the Fusebox website so you can see it for yourself. It's only five minutes long. You'll love it. It's really phenomenal. And uh, we thank Rebecca Weinberg, Jen Kuna, Mega Vimuri, and uh, Elena Herska-Douglas for um, this excellent research, really. The, uh, the study, which involved giving the birds a tablet that they could use to make video calls, found uh, that they began to engage in more social behavior, including preening, singing, and play. Quoting the report here, the birds were given a choice of which friend to call on a touchscreen tablet, and the study revealed that the parrots that called other birds more often were the most popular choices. So (laughs) what you'll see in the video is that this little parrot sees a bunch of uh, parrot friends on the uh, tablet screen there and uh, that they've had previous conversations with. And the parrot will quite clearly select a specific friend from the choices. It's not random. And it'll do it right there and then they chat. Well, you know, that's kind of like when the whole Zoom craze took off for us during that uh, pandemic, yeah? Well, that's very observant, Mr. Kane. You know what? Dr. Douglas cites a similar cause, uh, that during all that isolation we were all forced into, uh, that uh, video calls had helped many people feel less isolated during that time. She added... There are 20 million parrots living in people's homes in the USA, and we wanted to explore whether those birds might benefit from video calling too. If we gave them the opportunity to call other parrots, would they choose to do so? (laughs) And would the experience benefit the parrots and their caregivers? So their analysis, which was uh, based on more than 1,000 hours of footage and uh, of 18 parrots, suggested that there were, indeed, benefits for the birds. The good doctor says, in the wild, many species of parrots live in large flocks. But as pets, they tend to be kept alone or in a small group. Isolation and boredom can cause birds to develop psychological problems, which can manifest as rocking, pacing back and forth, or self-harming behaviors such as feather plucking. Yeah, I've seen a video where uh, I think it was a cockatoo. It had it literally had plucked itself like bald. Yes, it, absolutely, man. It's stress. It's a killer. It's a killer, I'm telling you. So uh, they suggest from the study that uh, video calling could reproduce some of the social benefits of living in a flock. Hey, Zoom could get 20 million new subscribers, bro. Continuity. See what I did there? Bring it all back home, Mr. Kane's masterful. So, uh, you think they'll start creating faceogram pages or 
Insta-tweet posts? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Certainly could clean up a lot of social media debris on some of those sites. <laughs> hey, I, for one, would become friends with any and all parrots who would add me. <laughs> and with that, we'll call it a show, friends. But not before thanking our contributors on this edition of Fusebox, Kenzie Maine and Gregory Wilson for exemplary ideifications. Thanks, as always, to the Deacon of Dials, Milt Keynes, for technical assistance so forth and so on over there. Pleasure as always. And, uh, folks, like we were saying earlier, how about join us over there on Patreon? Become a sponsor of this here audio show. You know, I saw what you did there. Clever, huh? Uh, uh, very clever. <laughs> Subtle, though. Subtle. Without the actual words and print in front of you, you... <laughs> it would be an honor, folks, to have your support over there. You'll get uh, free swag, exclusive content. Like skunk videos. <laughs> yeah, like skunk videos. And hell, even an opportunity to be in one of these shows. And I mean that, for real. Go to patreon.com forward slash the Fusebox show. And uh, we'll be forever grateful. And you'll become immortalized. Yes, and friends, we do. So appreciate that as well as just simply subscribing to this very program wherever you might have found it. Give us a review, too. It's great. We welcome your commentary. Thanks to you for pushing play on this installment of Fusebox. We know there is a lot of competition for your ear holes these days. Mostly bad. <laughs> well, we endeavor to never let you down on this program. So again, thanks for looking in on us. I have been your avian in charge of video call distribution host, Mark Rose, saying until our next cartoon. Fuse.